0: And welcome back in to another week of the Last Call Podcast. Appreciate you stopping by the bar today. Uh, we're sitting here having a, a nice glass of bourbon. Uh, we've got a special guest this week. Carter Chevis has made it to the bar. Uh, thank you for joining us, Carter. Thank you for welcome, having me. Welcome, Carter.
1: Appreciate you guys. I'm having a glass right now. I'm ready to join.
0: What you drinking?
1: I was, you know, I was so excited about this because we were talking bourbon and I love it that I was driving home from work and stopped off at the ABC store. I was like, I'm just going to get a new bottle just for tonight. Um, and I got an Ezra Brooks distiller's collection. Mm. And I like an, it. Right. I like the high proofs. So this is one Oh seven. Okay. So it's got some complexity. It's got some kick. It's got some kick. A few glasses, yeah. A few glasses will be, make you feel right
0: yeah well if you if you haven't figured out by now tonight we are going to be discussing bourbon in a lot of detail uh i will say carter carter's a good buddy of mine I will call him a uh an enthusiast of bourbon he uh he's been educated he's he's gone through the the bourbon trail that we'll get into tonight and um before we get into all that we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about last week and Dulce, I think we need to make a formal apologies to the Mormon community. It, it got a little bit off the rails last we week do. with her pod.
2: Sorry, I'm sorry to BYU and all other Mormons that may have been, um, you know, caught off guard by our uh, our shocking discovery of soaking.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I, I stand by what I said. I, I do think it was a ploy for that guys have, have thought up just to get in that situation, but. We 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 don't want to offend anybody on this podcast. It's uh it's supposed to be for laughs, but we did get a little bit <laughs> off the rails. Yeah. Uh, speaking of off the rails, Deweese, would you like to make another formal apology for your <laughs> picks last week? Yes, which were pretty bad.
2: Yes, I would. I would like to apologize to anybody that listened to me with betting again for the Texans and the Auburn Tigers. They both got dominated. Um, it was it was my bad. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I own it. I apologize. Hopefully this week I can um, change your minds about listening to me.
0: You'll you'll get your opportunity to get the people's trust back. Um, hopefully they listened to me and at least they broke even. Um, I gave him BYU and I gave him the Baltimore Ravens who both ended up covering. Uh, so I'm two and oh, Deweese is zero and two. Um, Deweese, let's get you back on track. Uh, what do you got for the people this week?
2: This week, I have TCU at home at eight and a half against Kansas State, and I think um, TCU is going to cover that in their bid to become ranked, you know, and start making a name for themselves in the Big 12 again. It's been a couple sad years for them recently.
0: Yeah, they uh, they pulled off um, they pulled off the upset last week, right, against Texas? Big upset
2: on the Horns, you know. Um, the Horns were number one team in the Big 12 after Oklahoma's two losses, um... Then the horns did what the horns do in the past decade. They go out and lose. They don't. They can't live it up. You know,
0: <laughs> Texas is still not back.
2: Not back yet.
0: Not back. Um, <laughs> I in the college football slate. I'm going to go with the marquee matchup of the weekend. The nighttime game Saturday. We have got an ACC showdown in at Clemson. Death Valley. The wrong Death Valley. Um, I've got Miami to cover against Clemson. I, I, 14 points is, is, too many, too many points, too many points. Um, the quarterback is too good down in Miami. I think if anything, they get down a, a few touchdowns and they come back in the end. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. I like Miami to cover plus 14 there. Um, do we see you got on Sunday?
2: I like the Miami bet as well, but Sunday I have, um, the Rams against the Washington football team in Washington. I have the Rams covering that one and you know, pretty much embarrassing Washington again with their shitty ass Ohio State quarterback.
0: Well if also you watch Allen the news might today. Starting
2: for them this week, though.
0: He 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 is. Uh Dwayne Haskins benched. He's actually been moved to fourth string. He didn't even take he didn't even take part in practice today.
2: Mm. Well, I still have the uh Rams to win on the road in a big way
0: I like that Uh, I got the Carolina Panthers Um, somehow they're getting two points at the Atlanta Falcons who are just an absolute dumpster fire their secondary is just so depleted Uh, I watched some of their game against the Packers and it was just it was awful Um, so not going with the Falcons Uh, they look terrible Panthers plus two on the road.
2: I like that. Lock the Panthers, it, lock it the Panthers in. Panthers, we're doing better. I have a feeling in our next four games, we're going to go three and one. We're going to be, you know, on a playoff wild card team looking in right now. I could see it being a good season for us.
0: I do feel bad for all the Carolina Panthers fans because this would have been a perfect opportunity to get Trevor Lawrence. But Matt Rule apparently is too good of a coach, and now they're getting wins. And my hope for seeing Trevor Lawrence and uh, CMC would have been would have been cool to see in the backfield, but unfortunately, he may have to go to the Jets. Yeah, so we'll
2: see. he's going to be up in New York for either one of those shithole teams. So <laughs> sorry to all you all you uh, Northerners, but both those teams are trash.
0: Well, uh, <clears throat> let's get let's get to the topic of of the evening. Uh, now that we've got everybody's uh, picks in for last call locks. Uh, Wheezy, you had a trip to the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Trail last week. We, we kind of previewed it last, uh, on last week's pod. Dude. Um, Carter, Carter's also on the pod and I because he has been on the Bourbon Trail himself. And from the sound of it, it sounds like you two might have had a little different experience I, on the Bourbon Trail. Yeah, so. yeah, I
2: would say we probably, we probably had have different experiences there. Um, I'm sure his was more educational and, uh, mine was more, party-esque and blacking out, you know, um, <laughs> not not really what I was expecting, but, you know, it happens. Uh, but it was So So,
0: <laughs> do, do we tell us, like, why were you up there, uh, where'd you stay, <clears throat> uh, and what did you get into?
2: So it was my uh, buddy Tyler's 30th birthday. His girlfriend, Taylor, had planned this surprise birthday party for him up in Louisville because he's a big bourbon drinker like I am, and so she's wanting to get everyone together. We show up Thursday, you know, have a big Airbnb, family, friends all there, um, start drinking and all that fun stuff that you do at a house party. Then Friday morning, we wake up and a party bus picks us up, takes us to the Bourbon Trail. We go to Buffalo Trace, It's about an hour drive. So we're drinking the whole way there, Um, get to Buffalo Trace and we uh, got booked for the wrong tour wasn't even a tour. It was a tasting, which was very unfortunate because their tasting consists of Buffalo Trace and Eagle Rare, which I drink regularly every day. Um, so that, that wasn't that good. But then we had a, luckily a family friend there that um, knows some of the uh, construction guys there that are uh, building a couple new buildings and remodeling stuff and just put new mash tins in. So they took us behind the scenes on a couple of their builds we saw some mash getting poured in, some beer being being aged. Um, but also, it was our lucky day. It was a Blanton's dump day, so the whole little Blanton's house was um, being bottled. So I was allowed a bottle of Blanton's. You're allowed one every three months. Got to go in their little house. A couple of ladies gave me a couple of Blanton's tops. Got some cool pictures. So that was, that was a good thing there. Uh,
0: so... Sounds like you, you got into a few extra curricular activities that yeah. uh, you didn't have planned. Yeah, didn't have um, plans. So
2: that was kind of cool seeing some behind the scenes stuff of what Buffalo Trace like, has for the future and some of their buildings and what they're going to be doing. Because, you know, they have they have stuff already barreled for 2040 and 2050, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Um, and so you'll see some of those newer barrels and the top floors of their barrel houses and the older aged ones on the bottom floors. So that was kind of cool.
0: So Carter, where, where is it geographically? Like if, if I'm looking at going to the Kentucky bourbon trail, like where am I going to stay and where, where is the trail? Like how, how logistically would I get through it?
1: I think it's a, it's a little bit more about which distilleries you want to visit. I know when I went, I stayed downtown Louisville, but, I was, this is with a past girlfriend. i wasn't quite the party atmosphere of, uh, Dewey's experience. Um, but you know, I did That's all okay. the distilleries that were right there in the downtown area. Um, so like angels envy, Jim beam has one there. Uh, mictors a couple of the others were closed just cause we were there around the new year's time, but you could go out towards Bardstown. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankfurt. I'm trying to think of some other of the the town names in Kentucky yeah. there, but yeah, the distilleries expand out, you know, up to an hour and a half away. Yeah. So you, Buffalo Trace is yeah. in
2: Frankfort, so
1: you kind of have to decide. Like, are you gonna, you know, what 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 are you trying to do? We wanted a little bit more of the wine and dine thing in, in downtown Louisville, so mm-hmm. we stayed there. But I'd love to go back to Bardstown where some of the other distilleries mm-hmm. are and experience some of those. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Deweese, since you just got back and, you know, you, you kind of had a little bit different plan. Uh, what, if you could go back, what would you want to do differently? What would you want to do that you didn't get to do this time? Yeah,
2: I'm with Carter. I'd like to plan another trip, but kind of with the guys. Since we had girls on this trip, you know, they're not fully into the bourbon scene. They don't care about the distilleries. So um, we did a, a few other things after the distillery. But I'd like to go back, go to Bardstown, like Carter said. I'd like to go, you know, see Four Roses, which is just up the road um, from Buffalo Trace, probably 20 minutes up the highway. Um, I'd like to also go to Heaven Hill and see a bunch of their stuff um, and also Makers because Makers, I've just heard a great, great distillery to see.
1: Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to Makers, but I didn't get to do the Four Roses or Buffalo Trace. I really want to go to Wild Turkey. I, I don't mm-hmm. know why. I'm just a big Wild Turkey fan and Heaven Hill, too.
2: Oh, Oh, both of those are definitely on my list because I I love Russell's Reserve.
1: I think what was interesting, though, is that, you know, you've got the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, but you really only have like 17 or 18 distilleries that are actually part of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these great distilleries that actually aren't listed on this trail. And it it was interesting to me when I was there to find out it was a little bit more of like political. And it, it costs a lot of money to be on the Bourbon Trail. Um, so I thought one of the big ones it wasn't was Buffalo Trace, you know, yes. it's, it's not a Kentucky bourbon trail distillery, but everyone wants to go there. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't think, I think if you're looking it up for a trip wise, you know, maybe look at some stuff that's off the trail that, that maybe just, you know, stuff that you like. Um, Cause if you just, I mean, no. yeah, so if you just stick to the trail, you, you know, you're kind of limited a little bit
0: that that makes sense that it it would be political i feel like because you're for your you know very casual bourbon fans i would call them they may not think to go off the trail they're just going to go off of what's what's travel advisor telling me to do and where where do i need to go and if they're on the kentucky bourbon trail they're probably going to make a lot more money uh people visiting so that would kind of make sense there's a political side of things as well yeah Um, what'd you think of the, uh, the downtown scene in Louisville? How was, how was that?
2: We weren't really downtown that much just because, you know, COVID and stuff, we didn't really know where to go, but Saturday we went to a cool area to watch football. Um, honestly don't remember the bar's name, but it was a great outside venue they had for us set up for games to watch. I was with a bunch of South Carolina fans so I had to like watch by myself the Tennessee game in the corner but um it was a cool bar they had four dollar Tito's so I was you know blitzed and supposedly me and you had a phone call when I was um that's
0: what I was gonna say do do you remember that you were blasphemous and you drank vodka on your bourbon trail trip
2: I know it was just hard to beat four dollar Tito's so I was doing double Tito's waters (laughs) to get hydrated and I don't think it really worked um
0: you, you, you heard that, people. Uh, he was drinking Tito's to get hydrated. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, people?
2: <laughs> drink Tito's, you'll be hydrated, and then you'll go drink more bourbon. But, but later <laughs> that night, we went to a nice, a nice, nice dinner for the birthday, like this nice steakhouse called Buck's, which is really old school. So it was really cool. And I did uh, get a few bourbons there. Obviously, they had my favorite of E.H. Taylor rye. So that was a that was a plus.
0: Well, uh, well, sounds like the the Kentucky Bourbon Trail is definitely something that I want to do. Uh, what you were what you were doing this week, this last weekend, sounds like every great guy's trip. If I can sprinkle golf into that somehow, and there's golf courses that I can play along this, and I can make it like a few day trip, that that sounds like it would be a lot. Yeah, of fun. You can head over to Churchill um,
1: Downs and throw some money
0: down
2: on the on the horses as well.
0: Oh boy. Now, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> that might be the trip to plan:
2: Kentucky Derby slash Bourbon Trail, like a little four-day trip.
0: Oh, that would hurt the that I mean, would hurt the bank account, but man, what a time!
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Valhalla, Valhalla is in Louisville. I mean, that is a major championship <laughs> venue. Uh, Louisville University Golf Course is excellent. Um, sounds like it actually would be a pretty pretty good trip, um, even though it, even though it is in that terrible city. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, isn't uh, isn't Justin Thomas from Louisville, right? And his dad's a golf pro at one of the courses up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, he technically is a golf pro. I don't think he works there anymore. I think he's always just traveling with Justin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is. He is from Louisville. Um, Carter, Carter. That kind of brings me to my next question. Do you think bourbon would taste better if it was? Not made in Kentucky.
1: You know, I don't have the same bias towards <laughs> Kentucky that you two Tennessee fans do. <laughs> I've had nothing but lovely experiences in Kentucky. <laughs> I've, I've been to been to Lexington and Louisville. I don't really care about you know the the Louisville UK rivalry deal. Um, you know, I'm only there to enjoy the bourbon aspect of it, and I've I've
0: had a great time. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we we just won't send you to an ABC Sunday. Nah, not as lovely of a time, but I would, I would enjoy the bird no
1: matter what.
2: I did have a Kentucky fan as I was standing there watching the game. I was in my Tennessee shirt. He's like, What the hell are you doing here? Like, you know what it looked like watching the game? He's like, Yeah, well, why? I'm like, First off, we're in Louisville and you're wearing a Kentucky shirt, so where's your red?
1: I was surprised at how much blue was in Kentucky or in Louisville in while Louisville, I
2: was there. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a good rivalry, uh, Louisville and Kentucky. Uh, you should have asked him, "What the hell are you doing losing losing to Ole Miss, <laughs> Kentucky?" And you know they're, they're having a perfect Kentucky football year. They had all this hype. <laughs> Their quarterback was supposed to be yep. great, coming back from injury, and they're 0-2. and they lose to Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. They had a close game with Auburn, but apparently Auburn's terrible. So (laughs) you know, I'm not going to give them any credit. Maybe Georgia's just that good. We'll find out this weekend, really. Uh, Tennessee going down to Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're both very excited about that. I think I might make a full day out of Saturday because I've got my wife went to Carolina. We got Carolina or Virginia Tech and Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad played at Virginia Tech, so I got a lot. A lot on that one. And I went to the game last year in Blacksburg, the six overtime game. Terrible, terrible. So that was crazy. But that might watch that. Tennessee, Georgia's at 3:30. And then the Nightcap, Miami, and Clemson. Um there's been a lot of good football on Saturday. But um moving on, you know, we're probably gonna drink some bourbon while we're watching all that, so let's talk, let's talk more bourbon. Um Carter little little curious about this question what what drew you to bourbon what what made you get a little bit more involved with bourbon want to educate yourself about what goes into bourbon what makes it actually a bourbon uh what what kind of drew you to it yeah so my
1: my uncle was actually a master taster um so i guess you could equate that to what is that like a sommelier for wine it's kind of it's basically the same same deal
0: that's yeah so he was
1: huge into it my other uncles uh has a nice collection he he, you know he wasn't quite as big into it but he still had it so i i was kind of around it a little bit with those guys um for me it was more like like i enjoy the history of it like kind of how it's Mm -hmm. evolved um since the start and you know it's america's spirit like it is (laughs) it's the national spirit so i mean you can't make Mm -hmm. bourbon outside of the united states which I think is pretty, uh, you know, makes it pretty cool and unique for us. So I, you know, I just enjoy that.
2: That's very true. And speaking Uh, on the history that he mentioned, I would recommend a documentary on Netflix called neat for everyone to watch. If they want to know more about birds. Yeah. That
0: that was fantastic. Uh, we won't say that there's a guy in Nashville there that has like a speakeasy for his basement. And, um, well, let's just say one of our friends is getting to that point and we fully support him and we hopefully we hope he finishes that <laughs> in his house so we can enjoy that ourselves but uh we won't we won't speak any names there but he knows who he is um yeah I, from from my perspective I'm a little bit more of a novice i I love to drink it but I don't know quite like you two do so um curious to hear y'all's answer on this one why why do you think bourbon has had little bit of a renaissance the last you know few years it seems like it's become a lot more popular a lot more um profitable well, what do you think's going into that
1: i think if you look back like if you look in the 60s and 70s like everybody was going light vodka um what tequila was coming out like that was super super popular um you know whiskey was like heavy it was like an old man's drink At least that was the perception Mm -hmm. of it. And then now, like, look at how much the cocktail culture has exploded. Exactly. Like, look at, like, was it Don Draper from Mad Men? Just hammering down old fashions.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, you've got Mm -hmm. a lot of people. What is it? Mila Kunis is advertising for Jim Beam. now, And you've got, what, Matthew Mm -hmm. McConaughey for Wild Turkey. Like, I think it's just kind of, it's become, like, kind of hip. And it's modernized and not seen as just for, like, old guys.
2: I I agree with you there.
1: You've got all these premium brands that came out in the late 80s. So, like, single barrel, small batch, extra aged. Like, all these things that kind of made it seem enticing and more sort of exclusive. Um, And I think just the internet itself. Like, it's easy. I think people liked it all along, but they didn't have that, like a way to share and talk about it. And now you do. And it's huge. You got Facebook groups and all kinds of forums that discuss and talk about new stuff coming mm-hmm. out. And,
2: well, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, I think, yeah, go ahead.
2: I think the millennials also have helped bring it back. Our, our age group with the cocktail scene, because like everywhere I go nowadays, first thing I look at is they're curated like cocktails and bourbon menu. And because millennials are drinking more and more, High class stuff. I don't like to say high class about it, but you know we're getting more, more educated on certain things, and millennials love cocktails, like like Don Draper. I'm an old fashioned guy. It is my favorite drink, and you can't have it without bourbon.
1: Yeah, you're getting like more sophisticated drinks. It feels like,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: agreed. And like I go back to being in college, and my. I wanna say it was my senior year or when I went back for a year after, but uh a buddy of mine, uh Ben Jibri, he uh his dad would like to take us out
2: uh to dinner every oh, once yeah. in a while.
0: And we would we would go to this really nice place in High Point and he would always order makers perfect Manhattan.
2: Perfect And that was
0: yeah, and that was like the thing that got me into it, and it was just like Ben's dad is like this really cool guy. He's just, he's got this like aura to him. So you kind of want to like go, go with what he's doing. And then, then I'm, I never really had a cocktail like that with, with bourbon. I've only just put it with Coke and I was like, man, this is incredible. So like every time now that I go to a really nice place, I'm asking them like, what's your best bourbon here that you would put in and put in a Manhattan um, are you going to put it on rocks are you going to make it perfect um that's that 's one thing that I look into is like that 's kind of how I got started really liking bourbon what
1: is y'all 's favorite bourbon cocktail
2: Mine is a it's... rye old fashioned like i don 't think it can be beat at all in my opinion. It has to be a rye old fashioned are you a rye yeah,
1: mine... are you a rye whiskey guy over over bourbon?
2: I love rye bourbons love them we'll, we'll drink any almost any rye bourbon i mean i love bourbon but i do love rye bourbons like eh yeah. e. whistle pig rye. if i can
0: get a manhattan Manhattan's definitely my go-to just because shout out to keith t Bree for for getting me into that um but i like y'all's answers there um the next one i, I kind of i think this is gonna be kind of a broad one but what what would y'all say makes a good bourbon um you know, if you want to describe it with presentation, taste, history, um, how the company is, you know, what what would y'all say that goes into a good bourbon? I feel
1: like if you're looking at it from just like how it's made, obviously like you need quality corn, you need quality rye or wheat, whichever one you're using, plus barley. I mean, and that's why Kentucky is so important. Like it's, it's just a great soil. You've got you know some of the best grains in the corn aspect of things um to to make it you know they've got that limestone shelf that runs through the state that you know filters the water so you've got quality mm-hmm. water um and you know and it comes down to you know everybody's distilling at a high quality now so then it's just time mm-hmm. you know you put it in the barrel and you just gotta let it sit and let it do its thing and, um you know, hopefully, it comes out the way you want it to come out.
0: And that's the thing; it takes so long to figure out if it's if it's a winner or not because it has to be aged for yeah. so
1: long. Well, now with these small batches, I mean, you can achieve the taste profile you're looking for just by, you know, pulling from different barrels. But
0: well, I'd like to piggyback off that you you talked about that earlier. You said you know small batch, extra age, you know. Well, can you, like, if for someone like me that's listening, can you kind of explain what, if I go look at a bottle and it says something else on it than normal, you know, what, what, is, what is that about?
1: Basically, I mean, single barrel is pretty self-explanatory. It means that it basically just came out of one barrel. They just took it and bottled it straight out of that one barrel. And, and honestly, you're going to get a, maybe some different profiles. Like, they'll be similar, but one barrel you might find a lot more desirable than another barrel, even though it's in the same bottle. Um, and then Mm -hmm. something like small batch is just basically a master distiller is pulling from different barrels within the rickhouse and trying to achieve the same taste profile for every bottle. Um, I think one of the best Mm -hmm. to do that is probably Chris Morrison at Woodford, like just awesome. Like pull, like Woodford is Mm -hmm. probably like one of the most classic bourbons you can get. And you can go Mm -hmm. anywhere in the country and pull a bottle of Woodford. and It's pretty much going to taste the exact same.
0: Um, I do like that a lot. That is, I, we talked about this on the first pod, but I had a bad experience, uh, a little bit ago with Knopf Creek. Um, I got a small batch and it's, a, it tasted sour. It was, it was terrible. Like I d not like it yeah. at all.
1: I think the extra age stuff, like, I think some of it's just marketing. I mean, like you can have a four-year-old mm-hmm. bourbon. That's just as good as a 10-year-old bourbon. Like, I yeah. don't think age necessarily makes it better. Um, but people love, I think the, the older age bourbons now are are more exclusive. Like they're harder to get. So mm-hmm. they're seen as like the price points are a little bit higher. Um, they're seen as, as yeah. you know, tougher to get. So they're, they're better to have, but not necessarily better quality and taste.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Carter, when you, when you're wanting to get a, Either a new bourbon or this is something that you maybe have tried in the past. What's your process for for purchasing bourbon? Are you gonna do your scouting before you go to the ABC store, or are you one that like kind of sees what's on the shelf and and go from there? Like, what's your process like?
1: I think when I started out, I had no clue what I was doing. I just assumed that if you went to any like ABC store or liquor distributor, that you could just find everything. <laughs> and that's not even close to the truth.
0: Not even, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> so
1: now it is like a lot more research. And I live in Virginia, so I, I go through the Virginia ABC a lot and just kind of look at what's coming out. Um, sort of, I've, I'm in a Facebook group now with a lot of Virginia uh, bourbon fans, so I kind of see what they're saying. Like, what what are they drinking? What do they like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what is going to be coming out in in Virginia this? month or this week or whatever and it's sad to say but i track the truck deliveries at some of my, <laughs> my <laughs> local abcs like i know the truck shows we're, up on we're so
0: <laughs> we're serious about this people yeah if serious. it's something
1: i really want like i will go to the store when they open when i know it's truck delivery day and see if i can get it
2: i will do the same down here i know <laughs> certain fridays we get to, i know what the truck's unloading i want to be there for it yeah
1: the demand is so crazy now that you almost have to do it if you want anything outside of just sort of the stock options at your ABC.
0: Yeah, and Dewey, I know you've got your own little process. Uh, you you kind of like to see what they got behind the counter maybe. Or yeah, I going. always,
2: when I walk in the stores, you know, check behind the counter. Usually they'll have their allocations there. <laughs> you also want to make some good relationships with the, with the employees of the store, Maybe if a manager's there that that one day introduce yourself, you know, tell them you're into stuff. So once they see you over and over, they'll start to recognize you and know you're serious. And sometimes they'll bring you to the back and they'll they'll say, "Hey, we have this today, you know," or "Would you want a bottle?" Yeah,
1: you kind of hope it doesn't go that way, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah,
2: there there's some corruption kind of involved sometimes because they'll you in our in our bourbon society Facebook group here that a lot of people will complain because. There'll be people out there, you know, when an allocation comes in that some of these people will hold bottles for in their store until they see this person instead of letting people get it first come for, first serve, which is, um, you know, the right thing to do. But they're holding it for these people they know, which kind of gets annoying to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen some complaints. I think at least where I'm at, I've it seems to have been pretty fair so far that like I've spoken to a couple at least the stores that I go to that they're like, yeah, if we get it, we put it out. We don't, uh, we don't mess around with like holding bottles or anything like that. So, you know, you hope people are
0: honest about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as far as, you know, we've been talking about purchasing bourbon. What's a, what's a bourbon each of you really want to try that you haven't tried yet?
1: I really want to try Weller Antique 107. I was a big Weller Special Reserve fan. And now that I've moved from Ohio to back to Virginia, it is so hard to find anything weller. (laughs) And since I was such a special reserve fan, I was like, "Well, maybe I need to try because I like the higher proofs." I was like, "Man, maybe maybe Antique One Hundred Seven will hit just right." Mm -hmm. And so that's a that's a one that I'm really trying to get a hold of.
2: And do you know if you like weeded bourbons?
1: I love weeded bourbons. Okay, I do. I'm a big weeded fan.
2: Okay,
1: Um, and I've got a couple of weeded. Like I, I I like Larceny. That's mm-hmm. probably oh, like my go to right. that you can get regularly, like mm-hmm. basically every day in any store um, that's kind of a go to for me
2: I would put anyone on larceny if they want something, definitely get a larceny, yeah if
0: you
1: like weededs and you want something readily available,
0: larceny is probably the way to go mm-hmm. yeah it's It's crazy how you get a different a b c store pretty much anywhere you go in the country as far as what type of bourbons are on the shelf because I can't get buffalo trace here and unless i'm like hitting the lottery for the weekend while our buddy in illinois can get it any day of the week uh it's it's interesting how it's different it's supplied differently in different areas yeah it does Mm -hmm.
1: differ state to state i i really kind of want to get i look for like barrel proofs cast strength stuff a Mm -hmm. lot i really want to try the larceny Mm -hmm. barrel proof if i don't know if you've tried that dewey's but
2: i haven't i've heard good things i have two bottles of the three Bottles of Elijah Craig barrel proof, and like, um, I've opened one that was 122, which is really good, but I had to tone it down. I had to put a big rock in it, you know, try to get some different tastes out of it. But I have one I need to open that's the 136 proof, but I'm a little scared. Wow, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah,
1: 136 for advanced only,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, that one will need a little bit of dumbing down, I think, once it's in the glass.
1: Yeah, I love Heaven Hill too. So Elijah Craig's another mm-hmm. one of my big ones.
2: Um, yeah, they're one of my favorites. Period. I got an awesome store pick actually this past weekend of Elijah Craig from one of the liquor barns up there.
1: Like, does Heaven Hill make anything not good?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either. I mean, if you look at all their brands, it's like, well, I like all of these.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they've got their, they're doing yeah, something they've, right. They've got it down pat to yeah. what they need to do. <laughs>
0: Well, since since we're talking uh, good bourbons, I'm going to task each of you with, with narrowing it down to three. Say, guys, if you're going to get a bourbon, this is what I suggest you go find. Uh, I'd like to, each of you to give me your three favorite bourbons.
2: I'll let Carter take this one first while I kind of give it a, yeah. a thought. <laughs> I,
1: th- I thought over. about this a little. Well, I thought about this a lot. I think about this a lot, even in my spare time. <laughs> I'll give you three that I drink regularly that I enjoy. Not necessarily like these are just the best bourbons that you can maybe get in your lifetime, but just ones that you'll probably be able to come across that I think are really good drinkers daily. I like Henry McKenna, um, the Bottled and Bond 10-year. I think it's pretty solid. It won a bunch of awards in 2019, so it is getting tougher to find now. Um, I got lucky and got my hands on a couple bottles so I'm stocked for at least a little while um and then kind of dumbing down the proof a little bit Eagle Rare I mean it's 90 proof so it's a little I know Curtis will (laughs) definitely agree with this like it's such a it's such an easy drinker I mean it's got a 10-year age statement like it's only like $32, so it's still affordable, yet really good. It's got yeah, some complexity. Yeah, for the complexity.
2: price point of a 10-year, like, come on. Can't yeah,
1: make- yeah, you really can't. It's, and it's, it's a step up from, like, your Jim Beams and stuff where it's, it's got some complexity to it, even though it's still at 90 proof. So I think that's definitely worth it in the Buffalo Trace side of things. Um, and then I know this isn't a sexy pick, but Wild Turkey 101.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: like i can't find a fault with this bourbon it's i mean i i've looked at a lot of things and, and it's voted almost always as like one of the most classic bourbons you can get even at 101 proof i think it it's my go-to for cocktails i always use wild turkey 101 for cocktails it just it shines it does so well on anything you put it in
0: all right. All right. All right. I like it. Sounds like, sounds like a winner. Uh, Wheezy, what you got?
2: So for mine, I'm going to go one. That's one of my favorites is Whistlepig. They have a Whistlepig 10 year rye that I, in my opinion, is one of the best bourbons in the world. Um, I love it. I don't drink it regularly because it's a little out of my price range, but it's delicious. Especially if you're a rye fan, most rye lovers will agree that Whistle Pig is top of the top of the class. And then for like another everyday drinker that I like, it's Bell Mead. Bell Mead is a great bourbon. Um, it's probably in the $40 price range. Um, it's a little bit stronger, I think. Um, at least it has a heat to it that I like. Um, and it's a sour mash, you know, straight whiskey. Um, but I would recommend that for anybody that wants like a ju- good everyday drinker. And then another one of mine I like, it's hard to find. It's a cheaper one. It's 86 proof, but for the price point, you get a handle of it for $23, and it's called Very Old Barton, and I I just love it. There's something about it. There's not a lot of complexities, um, as Carter would say, because it is 86. It's pretty dumbed down, but it's a great drinker, especially for beginning bourbon drinkers. And then you can step it up if you'd like to get the Very Old Barton white label which is a hundred proof one which is really really good and it's maybe 26 dollars for a handle um so those I probably...
1: saw I saw that the other day and I almost grabbed it there was one left and the oh. only thing that held me back was like do I want to pay for a lower proof just because I I enjoy a little higher proof but now I'm kind of upset with myself
2: you should have, because down here it's allocated.
1: <laughs> You're only allowed one, and
2: when you see them, you should get them. Yeah,
1: I'm kicking myself now. I should have grabbed that.
2: And then, if you, obviously, if you ever see the white label one, you want to snatch it up as quick as possible because it's um, your hundred proof. That's really good, especially for a whole handle. Yeah, I don't even.
1: Handle. I don't even think they do those in 750s. I think I think it's just it's just one liter or one point seven five.
2: Yeah, I've never, I've never seen a, a fifth of them. I've only seen handles of them. So you might, you may be right on that one. Yeah. Next time I see it, I'm grabbing it. You better.
0: Well, for for me personally, I kind of break it up into stages in my life. Um, <laughs> in college, I will say Kentucky gentleman oh, was. Oh, wow. Was my favorite, the KGB. because you, You'll find it on you'll find it on the bottom shelf, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You'd find
2: it on the walls it's... for me. I'd be uh, <laughs> yakking it up every night, a.m.
0: That was that was the absolute go-to uh, back in uh, back in my college days. I will say, my grad school slash young professional days, I gotta go with Jim Bean, boys. Mm-hmm. It's it's a classic. There's, I mean, it's just for it's a great bourbon for your buck it's like 15 16 dollars for for a fifth and you can just get drunk as a skunk off of it and forget the girl's name you were with the night before uh and have your great old time uh jim beam (laughs) always i always love you jim i remember I remember going to a bar in Knoxville one time and I was like, Man, what's your what's your house whiskey? He said, We got Jim Beam in here. And I remember being like, hot damn, let's go. Give me one right now. Cause I'm used to getting all these bourbons that I'd literally never heard of. It was it was like half watered down, you get it, I'm like, Yes, give me the good stuff. That was the good stuff in my day back in, back when I was about twenty four, twenty five. Isn't Jim Beam
1: um, isn't Jim Beam the most sold bourbon in, in the world?
0: It wouldn't surprise me. It's that, I mean, that it's... or
1: um, Jack Daniels, right? Well, but, yeah. J- but but Jack's a Tennessee whiskey, so if I guess we're going by just bourbon standards. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. got to be Jim, but at least branch out and get like Jim Beam Black
0: or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I was all about the white label, boys. I love <laughs> it. What's that Jim Beam yeah. one
2: that has that's with cherry? Um, it has like a cherry flavor to it. Oh, oh man. They're I can't good. do that. My, my... – my buddy loves it, and I forget what it's called, but it's like Jim Beam something, and it is disgusting because it's like a cherry bourbon. And it makes me want to throw up every time he buy it. I think they've yeah. got like an apple and a
0: peach, and they've got yeah. it all. I've had the apple. It was absolutely disgusting. Ugh. I'll never have it again. Um, but as we're speaking about this, shout French out tag. to Fireball. Fireball, that's right. We we haven't talked about Fireball yet. <laughs> that got me through Fireball. all my gates oh. in Tennessee. Um fun story, I once had an entire fifth of Fireball before going to the Auburn, Tennessee mm. game back in I think 2013 maybe. Um I don't remember the game. It was it was one of those you go in the first quarter, you I yakked and that was, that That's was spicy. somehow rare. I got home. Yeah. Oh, spicy God, I, uh,
1: I have a bottle of fireball right here that I give to like guests that I do not care about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: because i don't want to give them anything <laughs> yeah Any
2: that's a great oh, idea man. i need to just buy you bomb. gotta
1: have a couple of things that like look good that you don't mind parting ways with like get mm-hmm. you some ancient age or something like it looks good yeah. but you know that it's not
2: yeah. yeah, ancient age and old granddad just pour those out for your yeah people and then you, you don't care first.
1: you'll go to the store you'll you'll buy another 16 dollar bottle and be fine
0: yeah <laughs> that's right um and then i gotta i gotta talk about this carter fast forward a couple years to my jmu days and it was all about that bird dog apple whiskey oh god i mean we oh, we were just getting just we were we were going going pretty hard with those and we had a buddy that was <laughs> that was a big fan of those but we they went down very smooth <laughs> we, I am, we, we did like i'm
1: slightly dog. ashamed of myself
0: <laughs> That's
2: an embarrassing it's, year. For
1: it, it, it is. It wasn't our. We weren't at our peak.
0: I won't say we've come a, come a long way, Carter. You've come a long way. um I'll still, I'll still buy a bottle of Jim Beam every once in a while. um I, You mentioned it. Eagle Rare is definitely my favorite now. I but,
1: have a bottle of Jim yeah. Beam. Like I, I don't discriminate against it.
0: As you should. It's fantastic. You know, it's a classic. Yeah, it's just not. It's just yeah, not it's something you
2: showcase. Yeah, it's something. It's yeah. it's for your ginger ale.
1: Yeah,
0: I had to give a shout out to to the to the lower lower end bourbons. You guys were were taking up all the all the time with these high end bourbons. I, had, you know, people people will know people probably remember their days with Kentucky gentlemen, or maybe they don't. <laughs> uh, but everybody everybody loves a good fireball. Well, what if you're I? gonna
1: go if you're gonna go with something under twenty dollars, I don't think you can go wrong with Evan Williams White Label, like mm. for a yes, hundred proof bourbon. Like you could even drink it neat and you wouldn't really complain about it. Like it's pretty good for, for an under $20 bourbon.
0: I'd call that an underrated yeah. bourbon. I yeah. would buy that over yeah. Jim Beam. I do. I'm a little brand. I'm brand loyal. Well, on
2: that one. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt wants that Jim Beam sponsorship. That'd be a good sponsorship yeah, to have. Would. We get to meet yeah, Vila. Oh,
0: there you go. Oof, I'd, I'd take That's that too. Yeah. Um, Boys, y'all got any overrated bourbons you, you want to call out? And tell them that they need to fix their game. Yeah.
2: I mean, um, I think basil Hayden's very, very overrated. <laughs> I've um never overrated. Yeah, never really liked Basil Hayden, and I know plenty of people that love it. The bottle looks cool, it's got like this paper label on it and stuff, but the taste of it, I, I can't get behind. I don't I don't know what it is, but it just makes me cringe every time I've sipped on it it's not good
1: i agree with you on the on the basil hayden um i think marketing wise yeah the bottle is is nice like they've done a good job there but i just think you can get better stuff Mm -hmm. um it's not i don't know it just never hits for me um but i I do know a lot of people do like it but for me that that is i agree that's an overrated vermin
0: well, boys, um, I'm gonna wrap things up here uh, with our last question of the, of the evening and I'm gonna go first. Uh, we're gonna talk about why we love bourbon and uh, mine's probably gonna be a lot cornier than y'all so I'm gonna. Go first. <laughs> so, uh, boys, I just I love I love that first burn you get when it when it goes down your throat. I, I love the way I feel when, it, when I'm drinking bourbon. It's like like I just lose all my tension and with if i'm drinking vodka like i feel like i should be at a rave or like going <laughs> into a club somewhere like i can sit i can sit down relax have a nice glass of bourbon feel like i'm you know being classy But yeah. i can also i can also go out to a tailgate and you know you know rip some bourbon shots with with uh, Deweese before we go watch Tennessee kick mm. ass um it's like it it's one of those drinks i feel like it makes me feel like I'm really happy and like some people when they drink certain things I think we all have different personalities bourbon's always been the one where you know I'm probably going to have a good night uh, I'm probably going to tell people I love them a little bit too much and I'm <laughs> too happy um, yeah. but that's that's kind of where it gets me Um so I I've always had good experiences off of bourbon just because it It makes me love the people around me that much more.
2: That's good, Kurt. I like that, and I'll I'll go next. We'll let our guest, you know, finish it off for us. But the reason I love bourbon, I mean, it it brings people together. Like you have a group of people, everyone have a glass of bourbon. It's a great night, great conversations, sitting by a fire. Everyone can have a good cigar if they want. Like bourbon is camaraderie, I think. And like, and you'll learn in Kentucky. Yes, there's. There's different companies, but also the whole bourbon community as a whole are friends. They would help each other out if they need to. Um, So I think that's why I like bourbon, obviously, besides it tasting amazing and all the flexibilities it has for cocktails and just being neat on the rocks, higher proof, weaker proof, you know, like it's just it's just amazing. Like, I don't think tequila or vodka really has that type of effect like that bourbon can do
1: Uh, i think that's a great point on the camaraderie thing that if you like if you look at some of these master distillers and like all these distilleries um not not just in kentucky but across the country like they all help each other out i mean it's they're in competition yes but you know at the end of the day they all they all do a lot for each other and help grow the bourbon you know mystique but um for me like A few. I could talk all day about why I like bourbon, but, you know, (laughs) you know, America's spirit. It, I love the taste. Um, it's actually a lot sweeter than people think. I think it gets a bad rep for, you know, being harsh
2: harsh or woody or smoky. Yeah.
1: Yeah, But if you taste a lot of these other stuff like vodka and tequila and stuff, and, and there's some great products there too, but like, it's, it is very sweet. Like you can get some stuff that really has some nice flavors. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I like the fact that it's natural, you know, there's only ever three ingredients in it Mm -hmm. and it takes time. Like it takes time and care to, to make a bourbon. Like you can make a vodka in the same day. It will take you years to produce a quality bourbon. And to me, that's like, it's unique and it's cool. And, you know, you gotta be so precise and just so dedicated to what you're doing to to pull that off, to sit there and wait for something to take maybe 10 years to finally mm-hmm. try it and to see how it comes out. I mean, the patience required for that is crazy. I like that. So yeah. I think we got to really like tip our hats to the people that make this stuff. Um, cause think about having to, to predict demand for something 10 years from now. Right. How do you mm-hmm. do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's I hope, a
0: high risk,
1: high yeah. risk business. I hope they keep producing more. Um, I think,
0: yeah, let's let's tell them to keep producing it, so we can keep we can yeah, keep. At least we know it. the three of us will keep buying. It. <laughs> yeah, well, they have That's they right.
2: have customers for life.
1: Yeah. I'll keep stocking mine. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, Carter, we we really appreciate you joining the pod tonight. Uh, I think you were a perfect guest. I, I couldn't ask for for anything better. Um, but the bartenders, tell me it's last call. Uh, we got to pay our tabs and, and get out of here and get on to uh, the rest of the rest of the week. But. Uh, we hope everybody has a fantastic weekend and enjoys this lovely weather we got in October. And uh, maybe you, you sit outside with a glass of bourbon, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and enjoy yourself. But uh,
2: thank you again, yep. Carter. Thank you, Carter. And Everyone uh, buy you a bottle for this weekend. Get out there. Try it out.
0: Yeah. Appreciate yep. you guys. That's right. Cheers.
2: Cheers.
1: Cheers. See
0: ya. See ya.